Welcome to Dentology, the Business of Dentistry podcast. In this podcast, we delve into the non-clinical aspects of dentistry with inspirational guests from across the profession. You will hear incredible life stories, pick up valuable business tips and be entertained. I'm Andy Acton and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Drevens. There's some stories in dentistry that you just kind of almost don't see coming. They're businesses that you know, you know, on whole communications is, is pretty mm-hmm. well known yeah, in well dentistry. Enough. But that that backstory is just, it all just kind of makes sense, doesn't it, as to why Simon is as she is? Yeah, and I, yeah, definitely. I think the other thing that, as we said to her, is that because you're sort of well known and you've been going a long time, nobody ever knows about the mm. <laughs> the start of it all and where you got to. And I think it's probably nice. Well, it's nice for us, but hopefully, it's nice for the people listening, and also probably nice for Simon to be able to yeah. to tell that story because yeah. you probably stop telling that story mm. after about year four or something. Mm. Don't but you? also, all of her, her hundreds of clients may not necessarily know all of all of yeah, that, that backstory yeah, and yeah. yeah about how she came to they the just country see and, on hold you know and yeah. that that hard time when kind of you know her father wasn't as around her much i, I yeah. think people will take uh, a lot from that and i love that there's always little nuggets and little gems in there that you can kind of pick mm. up and use yourself that yeah i really thought good. she was really interesting yeah, it's really good and us so today we have a very, very special guest joining us. A special guest. Special guest. And we are delighted, absolutely delighted that we have the founder of On Hold Communications join us today. And it's Simon Butt. How are you, Simon? Are you well? I'm well, thank you, Andy. Chris, thank you for having me. No, not at pleasure. All, not at all. Pleasure. We're delighted that you've been able to join us. And we're really looking forward to hearing your story and about your business and about your mum's curries. But we'll get to that, <laughs> we'll get to that later on. <laughs> but but can we just put you on hold for the moment? Oh, oh no. that's right, yeah. there we go. Depends what I'm listening to. There we go. Very there we good, go. Very good. Anyway, before we get into the, the business side of things, let's get right mm-hmm. back to the beginning. What are the things that we need to know about you from your early years to understand the person you've become what was your childhood like childhood so i was actually born in kenya um oh, okay. and i we didn't move here till i was six seven years old so my early childhood was uh, spent in the sun uh, oh. we lived a part of our lives by the beach as well um close family small family um just my father mother and one little sister and um, yeah, and then, then, then we came to the UK. Um, dad went straight to the Middle East from there. So saw very little of dad, unfortunately, growing up, um, oh. which kind of made the bond between mum, my sister, um, you know, very, very close, very close. Mm. It's just three ladies in the house. Mm. Very new experience for my mum, for us. You know, it was a complete culture shock. Um, what did your arrived, dad do, Simon? My dad's in sales. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's in sales, but for international territories in, mm. in electrical. So he was always a techie man. And I guess that's kind of my mind. And he'd, he'd sit with mm. me, you know, when, when we met. <laughs> it, um, he'd, he'd often sit with me and talk me through things. So I guess my brain just um, kind mm. of was wired that way from the beginning. So that must have been quite hard for you. So I guess you've got some some very early faded memories of Kenya if you came over when you were six and then Mm -hmm. what's that there were periods of months where you just didn't see your father yeah dad would visit very hard very Mm. hard also I think we we were very young I think probably more so for my mum you know Mm. and 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 seeing those effects and seeing her coping with walking us to school in the snow you know snow is something we'd never seen so new to us (laughs) um the dark nights I think we came 
in the month of July, I remember, because the days were super long and it was like, wow, this mm. place is amazing. Like the days are so <laughs> long. We have sunshine and it was all about sort of trips to Hyde Park with my cousins. So my whole dad's family was was already, you know, very much settled in the UK. Um, and so that's where we ended up and where dad was going to then be traveling and sort of looking after the Middle East and Africa region. He wanted mum, me and my sister to be with family, with extended family. Mm. Ah, something so that, was, that was so, so that was why you came to the UK then? That was the driver, yeah, absolutely. Oh, right. Where was home? Is that sort of London or Home is South London in Croydon. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, 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 South London. And this is where they, they all were, you know, my whole family and, and still still very much are. Everyone's based in the South. Um, so, yeah, so that, that was sort of early years. Um, and it just made a super tight knit with my mum she you know she's my biggest inspiration to be honest with you um you know just just in the face of hardships and she had many she had many to struggle with because she left everything she knew there mm. um and kind of seeing that was um it was tough it was tough as a kid um mm. but i think it makes you resilient you know mm. everything's not always peachy but it was great mm. it just it's formed such that, an amazing bond yeah it's funny that thing you say about resilience isn't it there's there's lots of talk about resilience and how do you get resilience into young people? And, and you know, <laughs> you, you, you got your resilience through the experience. And if you hadn't gone through that experience, you, you wouldn't have, because resilience is within you, isn't it? It's like your own resilience. You have to kind can't of learn it from a book. No, no, you can't. Kind I of pass am going it to be resilient. Um, but hearing, hearing you say it makes you resilient. And as a young person, that's a great life skill to have early on because, you know, mm. particularly, and we'll come on to kind of your, your kind of business life. You know, it's not always plain sailing. I was going to say, what was, what was school like, mm. you know, if you're six coming into mm. a school? Well, well, that must have been an interesting experience. Yeah, could, 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 was, could, could, could you speak English back then, Simon? Well, we went to an English school. Right, yeah, right. absolutely. So we were there, you know, even my, my kindergarten was a British right. St. Mark's. I remember it well. Um, and, um, yeah, so, and then, yeah, when it was all English schools. It was all the English education system there. So English was actually, my written English was apparently better than, you know, I was, I was ahead, I was way ahead of myself, English, right. maths. Um, and I kind of had to get told to kind of slow down in class. He's back a bit. He's yeah. back. And I, I'd oh, go back to mum and I'd, yeah, I'd go back to mum and say, mum, do you know, on maths, they're still, they're still doing this. She was like, what? And we'd been doing that sort of previously, maybe a year ago uh, right. back in Kenya. So, yeah, I think um, certainly the earlier education was was a was far ahead for me you know i was writing joined up yeah. and i was told to start sort of unjoining my writing and start writing <laughs> just yeah so it kind of almost felt like a backward step initially that is um, that's really hard as well yeah. i imagine that must be really hard to sort of undo something you've learned yeah but but that's the way school works school works on 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 averages doesn't mm. it and i think Definitely. the kind of school and the curricular system's brilliant if you're johnny average or Jennifer and average, but if you if you're one way or the, if you're one way or the other, it doesn't work. So for somebody like you, it it sounds ridiculous that you've kind of got to wind back mm. the stuff you've learned to fall in line yeah. with average with everybody else. Absolutely. And what was it like? That, what what were the other the children like in the school? Were they sort of quite welcoming, or were they a bit weird? Do you know what? I found I had to do obviously a lot of work and well out of my comfort zone. You know, so kids being kids would ask me a million questions so what's it like there and you know they, they had their own kind of notion about what Africa in itself was like and I was like mm -hmm. no there's nothing like that you know um so I think mm -hmm. intrigue 
would get people to speak to me a lot. Um, but yeah, like I said, a, a lot of that effort had to be made for me because they were very much kind of friends and everyone was kind mm. of together. Um, and I was, yeah, I guess I was the odd one at the time. So again, you know, you have to come home. So, oh, you know, my mum would be obviously very concerned. You know, did you make any friends today? Kind of regular questions that you get asked. Mm. Um, I was like, yeah, no, it was good. It was good. And I was, I, I guess I was always a bit of an outgoing personality because, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, Andy, if you ever get to meet my mum, Chris, you know, um, <coughs> you, you'll realise, um, yeah, hell yeah, or two, or three. Um, but, you know, she, it, I'm, I'm just like her, honestly. Everyone just says that you're just a copy of her. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I guess, I guess it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't really difficult for memory, um, to be honest. And I loved sports. I loved sports. Did every sport. Was right. You know, went on even in high school to be sort of the captain of every team because I just, just oh, wow. really, really enjoyed sports. Did a lot of it um, back home uh, in Kenya as well. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so just came here and just, just carried that on. And that was, mm. again, a massive thing for me. Mm. That it, was, it was quite big here, you know, so you had your netball, you had your rounders, your hockey. Um, so, yeah, that was all good fun, mm. really good it's, fun. It's quite nice to hear your experience has been good because mm. we speak to lots of people who've, who've joined us from overseas and, you know, they're now core to the dental community and friends. But you hear it's quite heartbreaking to hear the stories of when they came to the UK and they might have suffered racism or, or just lonely and, and stuff. So it's quite nice to hear that, that you know, you were welcomed. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, I'll be honest with you, it, it, I guess it's where you are as well. And I think mm. Croydon has always been very multicultural. Um, so, you know, I wasn't the only brown kid in the school, as it were. Mm. Um, so it was there was a lot of Asian um, uh, children who, you know, at that point, you, you kind of look, you're looking for relatability, right? Mm. Because everyone yeah. looks different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, so it wasn't hard. And teachers were great as well you know uh, got on with everyone and they they really supported me through which again i know that's not everyone's experience but yeah i can i can only talk positively of that yeah that's, oh, good. that's great and then it sounds like you um uh, perhaps lent on some of your your father's experience from the sort of the tech side of things because you did you did it at university as a degree was um, that, was business that... i did business and marketing um right. Yeah, my my BA ah, was, okay. I could have just done the usual business admin, but I chose to do business and marketing because right. I always had a creative side to me as well. So yeah. I thought, well, you know, no, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of do a combined degree and I'll, I'll put marketing into that as well because it always interested me, you know, the branding and yeah. uh, all that kind of thing. And even my dissertation was on, um, was on Pepsi Cola, actually. And when Pepsi went blue from the white right. can... So it was based on branding. So was it success, was it successful? You know the, the rebrand and so on. Um, so yeah, it, yeah, always always like that side of uh, things. You, you sound quite front foot. Yes. You? You know, when uh, going to school, doing the sports, and you know doing that stuff is quite interesting because obviously that has helped. <laughs> yeah. Develop where you are. It's it's quite fascinating, really. Yeah. No. Absolutely. <laughs> no, no, no. You, and and from my encounter with you, you're 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 very front foot. And then you went into the world. Then then you went into the world. No, you are. You did are. She, did she stand on yours or something? <laughs> so it sounds like she was I'm like, tiny, oh, by front the way. foot. Oh, oh, there we go. There you go. There's only toe. one person that'd be standing on anyone. I'm tiny compared to. I'm compared to. Uh, I was going to say, I'm not tiny. <laughs> so so then you went into the world of telecom. So you, mm -hmm. you 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 took your your degree and your learning. You went into that world. Was 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 telecoms a, a passion or was it just a job? No, it was just it was. Um, 
obviously you come out of university and you're like, what do I do? Uh, and I apply to all the big companies. So I apply to like Coca-Cola, BA, um, nothing came from that. And then a friend of mine said, um, I've got a friend who has a telecoms company in Kingston, uh, who was at the time <laughs> the, the biggest. Says, um, I've got a friend. It's almost like I actually have got a friend. I've got a friend. <laughs> it's like I'm trying to justify. Yeah. I've got a friend. No, no. Seriously, so, I have yeah. got a friend. Yeah. Sorry, I butted in there. It just made no, me laugh. It's okay. It's all right. So, yeah. Um, so he had a telecoms company, which is probably the biggest um, accessories. You remember when non-genuine accessories for mobile phones were like a massive thing? And every time oh, you yeah. bought a yeah. mobile phone, you'd get a hands-free, a leather yeah. case and a, yeah. and a car charger with it. So yeah. they did those kind of trio packs. I'm beginning to show my age rapidly here. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was a company called The Accessory People, um, TAP. Um, so that was, that was my first job. Um, and I applied as a marketing assistant under the marketing manager for that and um, really, really enjoyed it. Did all their promotions, their email shots and things mm. like that. Designed those on PowerPoint back then. Um, <laughs> and these email shots would go out once a week and then the phones would just go mental. So every, every mobile phone distributor in the in the country would basically phone every mobile phone shop and order just thousands of these kits to give away with their contract phones um and then i started giving the director advice on sales and things and he said mm. why, why did you apply for a marketing job you you should be in sales and i was oh, no, no 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 i don't want to be in sales i like the creative aspect of it i like designing mm. these things but i think off the back of that you could do this and you could and i just got funneled into a sales job um and then i got headhunted from there to another company called Sprint that were based in Park Royal um, in northwest London. Um, so, yeah, that was, that. Was just, yeah, I just went from marketing to sales. Right, yeah. And they are very distinct. Yeah, I was going to say, it's funny, very, isn't it, that people kind of bucket, they put them in the same together. bucket. Sales yeah. and marketing director. Yeah, uh-uh. sales and marketing. <laughs> get, they, as, a, as a pair, they sit quite nicely, don't they? But, yeah, you're right. Um, Completely yeah, different. Marketing and sales, it's, it's, it's like, you know, someone's a good footballer, so you make them a football manager. You know, they're not they're no. the same they're not We the know same how that thing. goes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> let's not talk about so Frank Lampard. <laughs> so, so did you oh, Chris. So did you not enjoy the sales side as much as you enjoyed the marketing? Is that kind of where you're sort of going with that? Do you know what? Initially I didn't. Hmm. Um because it was just so pressurized. These phones would just go off and you just speak to one person, everyone was after a deal. And it was just mm. like, oh gosh, how have I ended up here? You know, but one thing I always enjoyed was speaking to people, um, yeah. relationships. And, um, you know, again, I'll bring my mum back into this, but, you know, she said, you know, working on relationships was like one of the most important things that it would take you, if you invested in your relationships, then that would really, really serve you well in life and seeing those relationships grow. And, That's good um, Really yeah, good advice. yeah, De- you know, definitely. Um, and yeah, so I loved speaking to people. And I then became head of the biggest accounts for that company because those people wanted to deal with me. Um, so it was, it was, it was lovely. Yeah, the, the, the aspect of, yeah, the talking to people and the kind of account management side of thing was really good. Enjoyed that. Mm, cool. And, and then you say, yeah, we, we, we had a chat before we started. Mm-hmm. You said you wanted to work for yourself. I thought if you apply the same enthusiasm and energy you give to your job, to my own business, it might just work, which yeah. I think is great in that you're saying there's there's more than this. But Chris and I have this whole thing that 
that's a long way from starting your own business. And, and in life, I'm a firm believer that you need a push and a pull. If there's going to be significant change, you, you need to be drawn towards something, which I guess ultimately has, has become on hold communications. And, we'll, and we'll, mm. we'll have a chat about that. But what was it that kind of pushed and pulled you at that time? Because mm. having an idea and going from an idea to actually setting up your own business. Taking a risk. I was going to say, the world is full of wanapreneurs. There's, there's so many wannapreneurs. These are people that look, they kind of listen to, to, you know, podcasts, they read books, they go on courses, but they don't ever take action. So what was it in you that, that meant that you, you, you became an entrepreneur, you took that action? You know, I think it's weird. I think I always wanted to kind of make my parents proud. I guess that was my push. And um, I thought, I think this would, this would, especially my dad, you know, he always said, look, you don't know what direction your life could take you in. Um, and, you know, the sort of backgrounds that we come from, it's quite mapped out for us. You know, you get your education and then you get married and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it, mm. it's, it's, it's quite pain that way. One thing he said, he said, look, my dad wasn't as traditional in that way. He was, he was very much about that his two daughters should be educated, should be able to kind of look after themselves and, and, you know, aspire to do well, whatever you do, put a hundred percent into it. And mm. kind of what better way to, to see that out, almost like a case study, mm. um, you know, what better way to sort of have an idea, show him that I could implement that and make that a success. Um, you know, and, and, and having mum on my side, like my biggest cheerleader, it was, um, again, it's, 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 I guess it was just, it's, that was my driver, really. Um, the push was definitely, you know, wanting to do this and make, make my family proud and mm. show them that this is something that I've achieved for myself. You know, I've, 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 I did this. Hey, you know, mm. um, this is what it is. I think that's, that's the biggest thing it was for me. I mean, that's really cool. Was, mm. it, was, your, was your dad back in the UK now or was this kind of no, still a remote, dad. a remote relationship? <laughs> Very remote. Yeah, our dad only came back into the UK about six years ago. Oh, so wow. Okay. Th- 35 years in the Middle East, my dad was, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, yeah, I think he, um, he liked the lifestyle there, but he liked the travel. Uh, it was, mm-hmm. Again, it's probably where I've got the travel bug from as well, but he, he loved to travel he loved to travel he loved to see people ironically talk to people build relationships and it's weird i think you just kind of morph into these people without without realizing I was, I was it say they're mm. all the things that, that you love about life as well yeah exactly sort of, it's like osmosis it sort yeah. of creeps in so when did you set up your business 2002 wow. um on hold yeah yeah 2002 um the last the last job i had prior to setting it up was in an audio marketing um, company and um, I just you know it was such a new market here in the US mm. it was massive at the time but in the UK we hadn't even scratched the surface uh, for on-hold marketing the potential that that, that could have um, so I thought well this this is new this is a niche mm. um, you know it, it, the only thing that the UK knew about on hold was green sleeves um, and that's <laughs> people would kind of listen endlessly to green sleeves while they were trying to get through. Um, yeah. Frustrating, you know. Companies would lose business. So I thought, well, this is great in a way. On whole marketing, it would it would it would bring in some of my marketing um, 
experience, you know, mm-hmm. because be it verbal and, you know, working with voiceover artists and kind mm-hmm. of devising these on hold marketing messages, but also the marketing and the branding side of your own business, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, I thought these, I could, I could, I could really ca- showcase both these things together. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so, so start, came on hold comms. Was it just you on your own to start with, or did you have a team? I, and... Yeah, it was me and, uh, one of my mm. best friends, um, at the time, actually in the start, um, Nadia was also part of that, but yeah, our fan who's very much, very much part of the company has been by my side from day one, you know, he was there with me. I met him at college and again, see, it's it's relationships for me, you know, Mm. and we've been together 21 years now doing this and people know our fan probably as much as, if not more than me, because once the sales side is done, he deals with all the after sales side of things. Um, So, yeah, yeah, it was was the two of us. We're still here. Still a very small team because it's about giving people a personal experience Mm. for me. And what was it like in the early days? You know, quite often, you know, we see we see successful businesses like your own that, that seem to just kind of be in the fabric of dentistry. But, mm-hmm. but what what was it like in the early days? How how hard was it? What were the things that you you were surprised that you had to learn, and and, and the bits that mm. kind of really stuck with you from what was there? the hardest? Because you were a founder, you you know, you were a founder. Yeah. Lots of people, always tricky. Lots of people will will buy a business, but literally opening the door with a blank piece of paper and saying, right, how are we going to do this? How how hard was it? It was really difficult, mm. really difficult. And you know, being a woman in telecoms wasn't easy. Even talking mm. to your suppliers and so on. You know, you'd go and have supplier meetings and they'd look straight over me and onto our fan. It was oh, like, hello. Really? Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to sign the checks. Talk to me. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. I, I see you brought your secretary with you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, well, literally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally. Even the early meetings I went into, um, people wouldn't talk to me. I was kind of taking notes quietly in the corner, observing, you know, uh, quite happy to. I don't have an issue with that. But it's, yeah, it, it, it was difficult. And I think for us, and in particular getting into dentistry, um, one of the biggest challenges we faced was trying to convince dentists that we weren't just selling them a glorified answering machine, you know, right. um, that they could pick up in curries for £50. Um, so you'd go mm. in, well, but, but we don't need that. We just need an answering machine. It was like, no, no, you, you, you really do um, because your phones are engaged the whole time. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I think because the patient journey wasn't such a big thing then as it is yeah. now, now we're talking about patient journeys, you know, mm. back then, um, it was very much, you know, practices focused on their NHS base. I was going know. to ask you that. Did you mm. notice after the new contract and then sort of things that how your clientele has changed, I'd imagine. Oh, massively, massively, you know, um, they now see the opportunity in it. Back then, it was it was really hard, really hard to sell. Um, mm. you, you were selling a concept that they just didn't think they needed. Simple mm. as that. Um, but now, you know, today it's viewed as a it's viewed as a key key opportunity to mm. retain business, to reduce caller abandonment, and so on. Um, but yeah, back then their phones would ring mm. nonstop, and and I had dentists saying to me, "It's okay if it's engaged; they'll call back. It's not a problem." <laughs> Why am I going to pay this and subscription also, a month? And also, back then, <laughs> that's um, interesting, isn't they, it? They weren't mm. well. Um, people, they weren't. Pe- pe- people would, and I suppose where there was a more significant proportion of the population accessing NHS dentistry, that's what they did. 
and also they were quite forgiving whereas now people will hop between dental practices yeah. much more much more readily do, do, just just to kind of give us a, a bit of a, a of an anchor here can you just explain to us what it is that on whole communications does what what does your company do for dental practices should we pause there yeah. <laughs> well, play some music <laughs> um we provide um complete telecom solutions so the whole infrastructure your phones your internet your wi-fi um call recording call reporting so the metrics on those you know on the calls that come in how many calls they're missing um so it's very much become an integral part of the business mm. and especially in private dentistry you know um our strap that we use a lot is what is the cost of a missed call you know mm. and the minute you say that now to a dentist it resonates straight away because mm. i say well look you know invisalign like you miss an invisalign inquiry what's yeah. that worth you know straight away you, you, you're talking four figures yeah. um so then you know x amount a month doesn't doesn't sound like too much um, and it's a scalable solution now. So it's a cloud-based solution. It's subscription-based. So it's, it, it's, it's very good. You know, it can be as small, so even for a small squat, you know, £30 a month, for example, you know, and you've got everything that I've just spoken to you about within that. Whereas before you couldn't do it when things were hardware-based. So essentially mm -hmm. just providing, just providing complete telecom solutions, um, bidding to end, you know, and, and, and advising them on how they should be managing their calls and giving ongoing training based on that as well showing them how to use call recording to help train their staff, you know, on how things should be done, how things shouldn't be done. Um, it's, it's an incredible tool for insight. So it's really moved on from the beginning, which was exactly basically on hold messaging or on hold music. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Because we, we'd go into sell on hold and we'd realize that majority of businesses in the UK, especially dental practices, didn't even have a phone system, mm. you know, um Just and initially one line, the, yeah. yeah exactly one line and that fax was on there and the pdq machine I was say, on there do you there. remember those days I mean, you couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't answer there. the phone because someone was taking a payment on That's the pdq it. <laughs> it, it sounds, for, it sounds i'd forgotten about that uh, you know there's, there's still a few out there with that believe me it um, is bonkers when you think about it talk about business uh, obstruction yeah. tools unbelievable this episode is brought to you with our charity partner wells on wheels did you know that many girls in Indian villages miss out on education because they have to spend hours fetching water for their families? Wells on Wheels is changing that with the water wheel invention. A water wheel is a rollable drum that can carry five times as much water as a single bucket, making it easier for adults to collect more water in a single trip without risking injury and freeing up young girls from never having to collect water again. With the help of Wells on Wheels, over 2,000 girls are now attending school regularly. Join the cause and help the lives of ambitious girls today. For just £28, a water wheel can transform their futures immediately. Learn more and donate at wellsonwheels.co.uk. Now back to the episode. Exactly. Um, and you just think, well, miss calls actually means miss revenue. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just like you said at the time, it was, it was a different, for di different precedence, you know, oh, they'll call back. It's not a problem. Mm. Um, but now they realize how important and that patient journey begins mm. with that first call. Um, mm. because 60% of first contact is still made on the phone. Mm. And that's, wow, you know, that's a, that's a lot, yeah, 
Yeah, people, you know, people think people just do web inquiries and so on, but yeah, still, still the majority percentage mm. of people still pick up the phone. Now, that may change. Yeah. That may change. But also, but I, I think- just think dentistry has just got way more competitive. You know, we speak to, to lots of dentists in, in the different sure. things that we do, and, and you know, it, it has. It's got way more competitive, and particularly when you're talking about some of those premium mm. um, services. You know, you mentioned Invisalign, you know, where there's high margin treatments out there. You know, the competition mm-hmm. for those is enormous. So if somebody does make contact your practice, you want to make sure that they're, they're harnessed and, and loved and, and dealt with in a professional way so that you can really maximize the conversion mm. of those. That's, that's how, it. How was it that, that you decided upon dentistry as your niche? Because that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not, not an obvious one. For, for what you do to where you are, how was it that you ended up supporting dentistry? It was, funnily enough, um, yeah, it all started with a dental appointment, believe it or not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds crazy, but... Um, I had the most wonderful dentist, um, Dr. Manny Vassan. Um, I believe he's now retired, but yeah, very, very well respected, very well known um, back then. And um, just generally, you know, he's giving me my my usual checkup. And he said, so so what are you doing now, Simon? Your mum says that you you started your own business. I said, yeah, yeah, I have actually. I said, "Um, got an audio marketing company and uh, we do on hold messaging. He actually had a phone system. So he was well ahead, you know, he was well ahead of his time even Mm. then. You know, and people used to benchmark themselves against him like all mm. the time. Um, and he said, "Well, I've got a Panasonic phone system. Would that work on a Panasonic system?" I said, "Oh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, of course it would." He goes, "Right, okay. How much is it going to cost?" Wrote me a check out there and then. I went back and I was like, "Oh, fan, I've got my first dental practice on board." And he said, wow. "No, didn't you just go for an appointment?" I said, "Yeah, I did, but <laughs> Manny's written me a check out and me mm. too." And uh, um, yeah, and that that was it. And he was very close to uh, work very closely with them. A Henry Shine rep back then, oh. Jackie Purvis, who sadly passed away um, and is no longer here. But he said, "Look, I'm going to introduce you to Jackie, and she's going to put you in touch because I think you've got a great product, and I really want to support you." Wow. And yeah, and and I'm going to mm. put you in touch. And got in touch with her. I had a coffee with her. I remember when she came down to see Manny, mm. and. Um, we just never looked back from there because he just introduced us to so many people as did she Brilliant. and it's it's a small market you know everyone talks to everyone and yeah it, yeah, it was great i think and we did mom, it and your mum started it all look at that well and you know greatest supporters ever mothers aren't they? yeah oh, but, but, but i amazing. think you said about your mum and your dad you know your mum being your greatest cheerleader your dad kind of instilling in you the importance of relationships mm. and that then manifests itself with the relationship you, you have with manny your yeah, dentist who then introduced you to some of them, Henry Shine, and you build a relationship there. And 22 years later, you've got yeah. on-hole communication. You can see the threads, can't you, yeah. all there, that all wove it's, together. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. You know, Manny, it's funny because I'd always be scared of him because he'd tell me off. You know, see, it was like going to see your dad. Um, <laughs> you loved him, but really, I had just had so much respect for him, you know, yeah. and how's your exams going? You studying? I hope you're not distracting yourself with anything. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm studying hard. He goes, all right, I want to see good results. And you know, that'd be the kind of conversations we'd have. And it, it was great. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. So when when, when like this came up, exactly that, exactly that. You know, um, and um, yeah, he just said, look, I'll put it in here first, and yeah. and let's see how we go. And you know, his friends started calling up, listening to it colleagues and so, oh, Manny, this is great. You know, yeah. so oh, yeah, Simon, speak to Simon. Just be getting lots of Manny's. Uh, 
dental colleagues on the on my mobile phone, <laughs> you know, asking for the same. So it's, there, it's great. There can't be many people in dentistry that have owned and run a business for as long as you. You know, twenty one years. That's that's a you must real, have been quite young. Yeah. Oh yeah, twelve. <laughs> I think you but, might be lying, but that's but that's <laughs> so so you've you, you, you've kind of told us kind of the how it's gone. That's but, the sales, but, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what's the what what what's what's the best thing that it's done for you? What's been the hardest thing? Yeah. You know, mm. What are the extremes yeah. of it? Yeah. You know, how how good has it gone? How bad has it got? Do you know what, Andy? I'd be lying if I said there was bad. Um, we've been through two, three recessions. And, you know, Touchwood just always been really, really blessed. Now, you know, again, I don't know whether that's that formation of relationships, Mm. but even through COVID. Okay, so COVID, okay, challenging. I guess COVID was our our biggest challenge because obviously all dental practices kind of shut down. Yes. And for the first time in 19 years at the time, 20 years, it was just like the phones weren't ringing Mm. and it was just like, oh, Mm. wow. What's going to happen? I think it was for everyone, really. It wasn't just yeah. for us. Yeah. Um, but the delivery. amount... <laughs> well, apart from delivery, yeah. I mean, the amount of phone calls that I got or WhatsApp messages to say, look, we're still here. We'll be back. Can we pause our direct debits for now? Do you mind? Because literally there is zero income. Hmm. I was like, absolutely no problem. Pause them away. You know, no one's working right now. It's It's yeah. absolutely fine. And I think the way that we reacted to their kind of adversity at the time, having to shut down suddenly, mm. call diverts. Mm. That first two or three days, we were receiving in the region of three to 400 calls. And we were working from seven in the morning to about eight, nine at night. And that's just putting diverts on for dental practices. Yeah. You know, I think, um, I th- I think there's the actions that you take then with, because you could have probably said, no, we're not going to pause your direct debits under our agreement. But I think things like that are what sets you apart and builds those relationships for sure. Mm. Chris, because, they go a long way. Because they people remember. Really They've got long memories, haven't they? They remember yeah. when you stood by them. when they Because well, at those early months, nobody really knew what was going to happen, did they? It was, no. it was all a bit weird, really. No one knew. No one knew. And these, and it's for the first time, I think people were actually worried. Mm. When we open up, is it ever going to be the same? You know, um, sadly, yeah, I know a couple of practices that, that never did reopen, you know, yeah. or then sold, you mm. know, sold sold their clinics because they just, mm. the stress was just too much. Mm. Mm. Um, but I think it's showing understanding at that point is just so important. Yeah, it is, definitely. And, and what because, you say is right. We've been through, you know, we, we've been through a number of recessions, but there's, there's history books that tell us how long a recession lasts and what it looks like. Yeah, it might be a V, it might be a W recession, but we kind of come yeah. through a recession. So there's there's an experience, but we've never been through a pandemic because never. I guess the Spanish flu was probably the last one, and people weren't really around for that. So <laughs> it, it, no, even you. Um, so there wasn't really a rule book for how a modern economy would cope with that. But I think what you did and what lots of smart people did is they kind of went back to first principles and said, look, how do I want to be treated? And how do I deliver good service accepting the situations of it you know, uneasy at the moment? And I think the people that did that and the people that stepped forward and provided support and help Mm. and guidance 
um, those are the people who actually uh, have done well coming out of the back of it. And yeah. so they should do. Stand with you. Yeah, so they should do because yeah. we, we know there are lots of organisations and some of them within dentistry who didn't do that. They were like, no, no, pay your bills. I don't care about what's happening. You know, you, you, you need to just keep doing what you're doing. Whereas most of the profession actually kind of rallied together and, and kind of everybody helped one another. Mm. And, and that's, that's great to see here that you did that and it's, it served you well and so it should. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, no, it's just whatever we could do to help at the time, you know. Um, and I think for us, if you just look at any of the reviews or we, we tend to be mentioned quite a bit on the Dentist for Dentists Facebook forum, right, um, yeah. you know, when people kind of ask for recommendations <clears throat> on um, on telecoms providers. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's just one thing that comes up time and time again is this their service um mm. it's accessibility you know whenever yeah. you need them you can get hold of them which for a lot of people it's it's very nine to five and telecom certainly you know yeah. you call bt past a certain time and you'll go through to an overseas call center and you just won't be able to get through to anyone yeah um but and we, you know and, and we all know what that feels like as well which is is pretty rubbish is, do you just exclusively operate in dentistry or do you have some some accounts outside of dentistry do you know what we do but very few now. Right, okay. Like I'd yeah. say, when yeah. I say ninety nine point nine nine percent is dentistry, right. it's just just got our hands full with that, it, you know. Just and, and it's good to have one focus. I think I do believe mm. that. Yeah. But yeah, from the earlier days, yeah, we've still. Funny enough, is people don't tend to leave us. So from the earlier days, we've got a few travel companies, like big corporate travel companies, mm. that still get their on hold marketing through us. Um, right. Not the phones, ironically, but the marketing is still done through us um, right. on the audio side of things. But yeah, no, there's a few businesses, a few property businesses that still use us. Um, but yeah, it's 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 dentists, dentists, wow. and that's it. Yeah, cool. We, we've um, we've met a couple of times at some dental um, <laughs> events recently, and you were telling me about your mum's curries, and you were saying like, you know, mum still brings curries around, and you were saying how how great they are. But I, I, I had got this real sense from you that it were, it it wasn't just about the food it was about like the family culture and is that kind of is it really important to you that kind of food and family is that something that actually is you know quite quite deep in your in your family oh god it's it's honestly you would not believe it you know we we're a family that we wake up well actually we go to sleep talking about what we're gonna have for breakfast the next morning you know <laughs> Um, at breakfast, you're talking about lunch and at lunch, you're discussing dinner and it's, it's, it's literally your, you know, planning just, and just bouncing from food session to food yeah. session. This, this is it. This is it. But you know, one thing mum said, she said, you know, that food is love. She mm. said, you know, and sharing food is the easiest and most genuine way to spread love. And I don't I thought, know. Some some people have had my cooking. I'm not sure they felt love. <laughs> I'll tell you. But you know, you know, you know, well, Andy. Initially, the sharing was a good idea. Maybe the participation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you know. I think her point was: look, someone for someone to cook for you, they've taken their time out. Mm. Um, and we, you know, South Asian cooking takes time. And you cook with a lot of love, a lot of passion. You know, when you're doing that, you're thinking about those people that are going to then come and eat it. Um, and it's funny because I go into restaurants and we're, my regular restaurants that, that we go to, I'll literally say to the chef, I said, look, make sure you cook it with love 
it needs your love and they'll just laugh at me but they know what <laughs> they know what i mean you know they yeah. know what i mean so you know and I, I think i think that's what it is again you know she she loves to cook she's a massive feeder um and um <laughs> feeder 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 you know and and, and gre- growing up you know to this day her idea of fun is she wants to cook for you you know right, yeah. her her chicken biryani is, is is a massive hit her lamb biryani is a hit um but but it's a tonic for everything for mum mm. you know and remember where she spent so much time alone mm, this yeah, was true. her outlet right, right yeah. her outlet was right girls are going to come home from school i want to give them something nice to eat and you know whatever kind of day you'd have you know if you were down about something she'd say right what would my what would my daughter like to eat today so that was her kind of tonic for you know bad and if you'd had you know some good news or you celebrate an exam results or or anything she's like right what do you want me to cook so it's just, it's, it's literally it's the same thing for everything but it works you know it just mm. works because it means you're sat around a table you're sharing time and mm. inevitably that's that's all they want so yeah. that's all that cook? anyone wants right can i cook yeah. i can oh, i can okay. cook yeah I, I, not as well as my mum although she says i'm getting close um but i'm, I'm getting not close. I'm, oh yeah she'll say oh this this tastes a bit like mine I think she's being polite. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I cook for them often. Uh, I cook for them often as well. Um, but, yeah, no, no, do love it. Do love food, love cooking, yeah. And, and, and kind of related to it, you you told us that in your handbag you've always got a little packet of, of chilli flakes. Is, is uh, this to kind of just add your own little spice to life as you head around the place? This is. You see, Beyonce said I carry hot sauce in my bag, but <laughs> I carried it long before she even sang about it. That's... Honestly, you get these little Tabasco bottles on like a key ring. I don't know if you've ever seen them. Yeah. 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 There you go. But the chili flakes thing is pretty good, you see, because you can just season it up a little bit. <laughs> you sound like my daughter, my oldest daughter. She uh, she went traveling around Central America. And uh, <laughs> after that, she was like, everything's a bit bland. So she's like chili flake girl. Yeah. Some things, you know, I think I'm getting a little bit better where I think try and appreciate sort of certain cuisines for what they're supposed to be. Mm. But it's just so, it's just so bad, you know. Can you imagine that, taking her out for dinner? That'd be quite entertaining, wouldn't it? Where would you go? Like somewhere just, like Scots, Scots of Mayfair. <laughs> Very nice restaurant and suddenly like your Dover soul appears. And Do you know out, what? Out you get your little chilli flakes. Oh, and over. <laughs> I remember, I remember going to the Oxo Tower and they put this pea soup in front of me. And honestly, I didn't for the life of me know what to do with myself. I just kind of looked at it, tried some. And, you know, it was delicious as far as pea soup goes. Yeah. <laughs> but you felt it needed a kick. <laughs> My chilli flakes came out, honestly. Excellent. God, I'm so terrible. Excuse me, but, madam. Can you put yeah. your flakes away, please? <laughs> no one saw. No one saw. I've got it down to a fine art. <laughs> Do you, like, get it out your sleeve or something? Like, you know, like in that film. What was that film where they dug a tunnel? The Great Escape, oh, where they got the earth the out of their trousers. Yeah. It's a bit like that, uh, just shaking Something my hand like over the bowl or whatever. <laughs> I, I think your story is brilliant. I, I think the way that the whole family has, has kind of influenced your career and how you made that bold step to you know, form your business and yeah. how you've evolved it the over the me. years. I, I think it is. I, I think it's your, like I say, it, it's a lovely story. And then this is the beauty of doing the podcast. Yeah, you know, we get to hear the backstory because lots of people know 
about on hold communication because you know you're well known you attend the shows you know people you know use your services but i think that that history is wonderful and i think the thing is the longer you're established people don't bother asking about that stuff yeah do you know what i mean because no one thinks about how how you did it they just see you and no one actually says so how did it all start then? Mm. So it's, I think it's great to it's hear. That, it's those foundations that kind of, yeah, yeah, and, it, and it sort of makes sense. It, you know, having got to know you and seen about your your services and how you go about it, that backstory now kind of joins it all together. It, it makes perfect sense why you are as you are because of your father and because of your mother and because of your upbringing and because you know you had to kind of make friends when you came over from Kenya. It all kind of pulls together so well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, it's been great, guys. Really, really that's good time. But you don't, you don't. You get, can't you, go yet. You don't, you don't get away without answering our two questions. That's yeah. the, that's Ooh, the way this works. This is the trade off. Right, yeah, ready the, for the, the deep and meaningful answers. So, so the first question we have for you is: If you could be the fly on the wall in a certain situation, where where would you be, and and who would be there? We're interested. Do you know what? <clears throat> Do you know for me, it'd probably be the dressing room at Manchester United. Not for the obvious reason, which you guys are probably thinking. Obviously, that would be a nice part of it too. Are you a Man Man U fan? I am, yes. Sadly, I mean, you're talking about Frank Lampard, but we won't, I won't, yeah. Um, It's all about Ten Hag. Do you know what? I I absolutely love Alex Ferguson. Uh, Grew up with him, dominating and... Yeah. I just love the guy. Absolutely love the guy. But I think fascinating for me and the reason for me to be that fly in the wall is one of his pre-match team talks. And again, just the relationships he had with those Mm. players and and how he was able to motivate a group of 11 men, you know, to win countless matches, leagues, you know, trophies for three decades to just do that, you know, year in, year out. It was, um, it's pretty, pretty fascinating because there's some big egos in that dressing room, you know, over the years. Oh, massive, um, massive. You know, you think about the whole David Beckham incident and so on. And, yeah. you know, he, he, he was out the door the next day, you know, Roy Keane. He just, I think <clears throat> he had that perfect balance of when, knowing when to, and I think it's, it's, it's the man management, knowing when to put your arm around someone mm. and knowing, no, this guy's time is up. Yeah. And he was just so good. He was just such a great leader. And me. I think he also was able to do it on a on an individual one on one basis. So mm. he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have taught you know looked after Roy Keane in the same way as he would Eric Cantona. <laughs> yeah, they would have been no. dealt, dealt with in completely different. So to understand each of the individual people and have mm. a strategy for how to get the best out of them. Um, when, when you've got all that testosterone and egos and, oh, yeah. and money and celebrity and all that floating around at the same time. Yeah, no, quite a remarkable it, guy. It'd be very, very, very fascinating to see, yeah. You know, mm. like even with Ronaldo, you know, it was a peak time in the season mm. when his, his dad passed away. Yeah. And uh, Fergie just said, just just go home. Right mm. now, you need to be with your family. Yeah. You know, so go. And he said, I'll never forget that mm. because it was a key time for us. But he was happy to to do it without me, you know. And people, like you said, people do not forget that. No, they don't. And as a result, he probably gave the club an extra season because of Mm. that, you know. Yeah, Um, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a very good shout. Very good shout. And and your second question <laughs> is if you could if you could meet somebody, if you were given the opportunity to sit down and have a, a glass of wine or a cup of coffee with somebody, who would you who would you like to meet? She probably definitely wouldn't indulge in a glass of wine, but I'd say Malala Yousafzai. Um ah. 
the female education activist yes. in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, just, yeah, love to meet her. Love to meet her and, and find out kind of, yeah, her, her push and pulls, you know, for, for what mm. she's done and, you know, received mm. a Nobel Prize yeah, at the end of it. Yeah, incredible in, lady. Incredible. You know, to, to, to be a schoolgirl and mm-hmm. have that level of conviction, yes. you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, quite a remarkable woman. I'd love to meet her. Yeah. No. I, yeah, it would be amazing. Be amazing. Be different. S- Simon, it's been it's been truly, truly wonderful. Honestly, Aww. it's it's, it's it been has. A, a cracking story. Um, like I say, for, for for me, these are the real hidden gems of dentistry. You know, we know lots of the businesses and there's lots of characters out there, but these backstories just they never cease to amaze They're me. How interesting, how interesting they? they are. Yeah. Always interesting. Oh, glad, glad I could uh, keep you entertained. You can no, relax you now. You, you did. Can, uh, yes. <laughs> and breathe. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. First, that's your first of many podcasts done now. Yes. Oh, yes. I'd love to. I'd be a lot more comfortable, I think, the next time. But thank you so much. <laughs> Whose end timer just went off? Uh, that was me. I've got, I've, got two bo- I've got two boiled eggs coming out of the pan in, in, in 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but no, it has. It's been, it's been, it's been really good. And like I say, we, uh, we appreciate your time and hopefully we'll be seeing you at a dental event at some time in the future. Oh, yeah. yes, definitely. I think October's the next one. If I not for a curry before that, guys, let me know. Yeah, no, that'd be good. And obviously let's, you'd let's... need to, we, we'd have to take your recommendation, of course. As to where? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Over your mum's. <laughs> no, she'd away. be more god she'd be more than happy if you could yeah if you could do with the running commentary in the background but yeah <laughs> she'd, she'd she'd love to she'd love to but no le, le, yeah definitely we'll lovely something brilliant. In the diary brilliant thanks, thanks very much. Good to speak to you Sama, thank you. Yourself, and cheers. you cheers. Bye. thanks, thanks so much bye. bye thank you for listening to this episode of dentology where we discuss the business of dentistry if you like what you heard please do subscribe where you found this episode that would be amazing and also follow us on instagram 